First, the bill you are proposing, should it go on to be passed, this would make assisted suicide legal in Ireland. Exactly how would this bill go about legalising this at first? Well, what it is, is it, it, I, I should say, first of all, it, the bill proposes to introduce legislation, um, if you like, recognise the right of clearly consenting adults, I want to make that quite clear, who are enduring intolerable physical suffering to seek medical help to end their own lives. And we're talking here, the name of the bill is Dying with Dignity. Um, and that the bill was inspired by the late Mary Fleming, as you may have known, and uh, um, Tom Curran. Um, this legislation has passed in many countries uh, in, in the world, um, and I think that um, we need to look compassionately on people who are terminally ill, terminally ill uh, who, whose end of life is in sight within a, a reasonably short period of time, and who are in insufferable pain. So that's the objective of the bill, uh, to go before the doll as soon as we can, which we believe it will. And we're looking for a reasonable and a compassionate debate. Um, and let's see how it goes. But I, I, you know, opinion polls across the country are shown over the last number of years that well over 60% of people think that if people are in insufferable pain, insufferable pain they shouldn't have to uh, endure that suffering if, they, if there's an inevitable end anyway in a short period of time that they're going to die. Of course, yeah. And you mentioned that the opinion polls are high and... Uh People are having to go to places at the moment where it is legal. Switzerland yes. is one of the places normally mentioned. Has anyone actually uh, come up to you uh, personally, or have you heard cases of people looking for this legislation to be introduced, or something like oh, this? Oh, absolutely. We're getting we're inundated. The office staff are telling me since it came back up again over the last year when I introduced it in the Dáil. Um, we've been speaking to many, many people. Some of them ill, some of them not ill. Uh, but some of them, for instance, it's coincidentally, you should ask me, I, I was speaking to a chap who's a lorry driver yesterday, and he was telling me that uh, he wouldn't have thought much about it until his brother died of cancer, throat cancer. There, he said, last year, he said, and the absolute agony and pain he went through, he said, for seven weeks before he died, he said, was unbelievable, where even on high doses of morphine and painkillers, uh, it couldn't relieve the pain. And he said, nobody should be allowed to uh, die like that. And I think the interesting point is that you and I have the right to a quality of life and, uh, you know, and we deserve it and we expect it but there's, and, and a dignity in life. But we should also have a dignified debt. We should have a dignified debt. And I think that's what it's about. And I, I think um, um, people need to look at this, that... Our, we don't have a right to say to someone who's going to die and who's in intolerable suffering, or oh, you must suffer on, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll die in pain, and that's it, but you're going to die anyway. Okay. And of course, at the moment, euthanasia is uh, illegal in Ireland. It's seen as a crime. Does the current version of what uh, you're proposing at the moment, are the circumstances in which this will be permitted and when it is not, are they clearly outlined? And if so, could oh, you tell me a bit about that? Absolutely. And maybe if I could very briefly go through it with you, what, what it means is that it would have to be a consenting adult over 18 years of age. Um, for instance, and I suppose the best way to do it, to simplify it, even though it's not simple as it would sound or, or, or reads, that you go to your doctor, you have some pain, maybe your doctor sends you to a specialist. The specialist says, for instance, I think you need to go and see an oncologist. You have cancer, right? You go to this oncologist and they, they recommend some treatment for you. Um, after a period of time, they tell you, look, this is not working. It's inoperable. Um, you have a short period of time to live. Uh, no matter what we do, um, you're going to die. Now, that's fine with some people who want to battle out life and they have, and they have a right to do that. But 
when the specialist will say to you, look, you're going to be in insufferable pain and intolerable pain, well, what happens with this bill is then that the oncologist would have to make that diagnosis, but another oncologist would have, two oncologists, for instance, if it was cancer, would have to come with the same diagnosis, that you're terminally ill, a short period of time to live. Also, psychiatrists would have to acknowledge that you're fully capable and conscious uh, uh, that you signed this and you want to do it. And by the way, you can withdraw at any stage. And I think that you can't make it any clearer than that. And by the way, it's interesting to know that if you go across Holland and the countries that uh, uh, parts of America, states in America, uh, Switzerland and so on, there is not even one case of mistreatment. There's not one case right across, which is astounding, of anybody being forced to uh, take their own lives, anybody being coerced into it, because all the the checks and balances are put in place. And in this bill, there's a lot of checks and balances. And again, essentially, it does come down to the individual who is competent and and a sentient adult anyway, who says, look, this is my right. I don't want to live. I don't want to be inflicting pain on my family, my friends, my loved ones, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever. And uh, uh, I have this right. And it's interesting that, like, you and I in the morning can commit suicide. And there's a complexity of reasons as to why people commit suicide. And we would all wish that people would not commit suicide. But that is not a crime. Yet you can be terminally ill and you cannot be helped to end your life. That doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so you mentioned there, you uh, just to reiterate what you said, but you mentioned that should this go ahead, there has to be a case where uh, oncologists make the diagnosis, a psychiatrist makes sure uh, yes. that you're in the right frame of mind. So is there definitely enough conditions at the moment that we can be sure that there isn't a case of, say, someone not being in the right frame of mind and maybe being exploited or any cases of coercion? There is definitely enough here to say... Well, well I think so, because if you look at Belgium, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Switzerland and so on, there's no indication there at all from anybody that anybody has been coerced and like you you, you have to remember like this we're talking about adults here we're not talking about children we're not talking about the elderly very elderly people who may not be fully sentient as to what they're about we're talking about competent adults like you and I as we're speaking to one another now and um, I think this um, um, one way or another I think that it's a matter of time right across Europe and the world I think where people will be able to make that decision that they don't want to live on because they're terminally ill and like if you think about it um, you know um, um, like you're you're terminally ill You've six months left to live, three months left to live, a year left to live. And they tell you, look, um, you have to go through with this pain. That doesn't make sense to me. And by the way, one of the things I forgot to say is that the, uh, the third independent witness uh, would, would be a non-benefactory, if you like, of, this, uh, of the state. And uh, at all times, like all of the safeguards would be monitored by the doctors and uh, by the specialists for that person. And again, I can only say if you go to Belgium, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Switzerland, and wherever else it is, there's not even one case that, 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 um, um, that whatever you call it, that anybody, any vulnerable people or anybody has been coerced into ending their lives. And I think this, this, this warrants um, debate and it warrants um, a sensible debate and it warrants this to be heard and let people put amendments, let them put their arguments for or against it. But look, you know, I, I still think um, that uh, we're reaching a stage now where like, we have to think about the individual themselves, what they think. And should they be in control of their own body if there's an inevitable end to it over a short period of time and they're in, in, in intolerable pain? Uh, you know, I think uh, people right across 
the world are beginning to realise that in many countries where opinion polls are all shown that people should have a right to a dignified death as well as a dignified life. Okay, so yeah, in other countries, yeah, there's very positive indicators. The opinion polls are positive and there does seem to be a stringent set of circumstances there. You were quoted recently saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're hoping for a debate in the doll where religious and moral issues be put to one side and people think about the individual. Thinking about the individual is all well and good, but is it might be a little unfair to ask this of your fellow TDs when morality is something that is generally very strongly linked to an issue like this. Well, no, I, th- I think and it's a very good point you make. I mean, um, there is a religious connotation there with very many people. If you, you know, like this, uh, um, God made you and God will take you away. But like I myself am not religious, but let's talk about that for a second. That if this God is a caring and loving God, I personally don't think, and if, if there was a God there, which I am an atheist, but if there is a God there, I don't think a God, a God who would have made us in his own image and likeness would like to have us suffer. I don't think so. I wouldn't see the point in that, and I don't think that uh, that would be the case. Um, maybe religions on earth here may very well say, oh yeah, that is the case, you should suffer on and die. But if, you, if, if, we're, if we believe, or those of us, or those who do believe in a compassionate and just God, I don't think that God would want uh, the people that he would put on earth or wherever he put them to be suffering. Of course. Uh, intolerable well. suffering. So this is why I say that, you know, this is beyond religion. It's beyond uh, m- uh, uh, morality, if you like, in the, in the sense that we cannot, we should not, you and I or everybody else should not say, oh, there's some chap in Cork or some chap in Dublin who's terminally ill, oh, well, he's just going to have to die and suffer. I think that person himself or herself should be able to make that choice. Okay, let's just move on. Let's say um, this is put forward, uh, just talking about maybe the people's opinion. Uh, Of course, 69% of Irish people in the recent poll would be in favour of this, but there is still that minority that are saying they oppose this. Should this advance any further? Are you expect, first of all, are you expecting much public backlash? And there has been similar kind of changes uh, being proposed. For example, the repeal of the eight campaign is just one example. But are are you afraid that uh, the figures from the recent poll Suggest there is enough support for this, but are you worried that we are asking for too much change too quickly, if you know what I mean? Well, I, I think, you know, it's not a question of change. I think change can be good if it's proper and right. Like the marriage referendum was only clear and right that two people who love one another, from whatever sex they come from, they should be able to get married and live together. And I think that was right. And I think the Irish people were compassionate there and they saw that. It's like divorce. Uh, we, there was a realisation, Rich, that some people um, are not compatible. In spite of all the promises they make and the, with the best will in the world and uh, all of the love they may have had for one another, that we, we could not, it, was, it would, would not have been right to, keep, to have two people to, to be forced to live together who could not even maybe reach a stage where they could tolerate one another. I think it's the same here. I think change can be difficult for people, but I do think that, and I have come across, by the way, some people terminally ill, and I've seen some terrible suffering. And I've met people who have witnessed some terrible suffering, some of them very religious people who have said, oh, my God, this should never be allowed. This should not happen. And I suppose, you know, if we think about it, that uh, at the end of the day, it may very well affect all of us. Some of us may die suddenly. Some of us may die without any pain. We may, may, may reach a great age where we may die uh, nat- a natural death. But there's a high percentage of people uh, um, who suffer intolerable suffering 
uh, you know, uh, multiple sclerosis and uh, uh, cancer are two examples. And I think that this is where compassion has to come in. We have to be able to kind of consider that individual, not consider the wider view of people. And it's interesting that the example I gave you of that lorry driver, that chap would have been a chap who would say, oh, no, I wouldn't agree with that until he saw how his own brother died where he saw his own brother dying, um, twisting and turning in the bed day after day after day. And they say to the doctors, the doctors giving him morphine loads. No, he, he, wouldn't, he didn't die. Uh, he couldn't die for he was a strong man. But he had to go through that pain uh, in a coma for six weeks with all of that suffering and then die. That doesn't make sense, and I think that's where the compassion comes in from. And I think it's not only compassion for the people that might have to vote on it, but the general public need to think about uh, offering some compassion to people who will be in that position, and they may be in it themselves at some stage. Okay, I'm afraid we've run out of time, but Minister John Halligan, thank you very much for joining me. A pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.